ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. Another week, and we are back here. Joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two great co-hosts, Irfan Manji and Kyle Vardy. I am Nick McVicker. Kyle, how are you doing this week? Doing good, doing good. You know, excited to talk some sports and uh, excited it's the weekend. So Yeah, it's nice nice seeing the weekend every, every weekend, but I mean, that's because mm-hmm. you have a job. I don't. The weekend's always the weekend for me. <laughs> Irfan, how are you doing, bud? I'm good. Good. Chilling. Um, yeah, Rounding out your others. semester, all right? Uh, yeah, and then starting the next semester and like the next day as soon as it ends. So awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up. That's okay. That's okay. I was just uh, doing my thesis timeline with my supervisor earlier this week, and I was like, "Holy crap! I have two months to write this thing for to to defend by the end of August." You can do it. We believe in you. Yeah, I don't believe in myself. <laughs> we'll give you some time off. We'll give you some. We'll give you some breaks so you can write. <laughs> Yeah, God. All right. So, Irfan will be missing a few shows, folks, over the next two months. Just that's the plan. Sorry, boys. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, we. You know what? Work comes first. Yeah. Or I'll just hop on for like a solid hour and be like, "Okay, hey, that was my break. Back to writing. <laughs> that's, that's my mental break at 10 a.m. Yep. in the morning on Saturdays." Yep. <laughs> that's how you do a break when you wake up. That's the break time. I love it. It's the break. Yep. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, this past week, NHL trade deadline, lots of EPL news and action, some Champions League news as well. So let's jump right into it with our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrara brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And boys, we're going to start with the NHL trade deadline. Lots of moves across the weekend from the last time we spoke. A couple from before that we'll, we'll retouch because now they've there's more relevance to them, like the Riley Nash deal and stuff like that. Um what was uh, one move that maybe stood out to you, Irfan, that uh, kind of surprised you? Not necessarily a big move, but just something that maybe surprised you a little bit. Um, I think it was that Vancouver trading uh, Adam Gladette. I, I thought that was a little, a little odd. I, I think I texted you the same thing. And I said, well, he was the first person who got COVID for the, the Vancouver Canucks. So it's kind of felt like they targeted him but they came out and said no it wasn't it was just a hockey trade but the guy they got back from isn't as good as Adam Gaudet is so I think they I think something's internally going on and they're they're just not saying it but yeah that that caught me off guard because I I think he's a good player and he he speaks volumes to the way Vancouver plays so I'm a little confused about that one 
Yeah, I saw that one. You did. You did message me, and we talked about it a little bit. And at the time, I thought it was really bad. And I, I don't think it's a great trade. It mm-hmm. almost looks like they were trying to save two hundred thousand on the cap, basically. But they like, didn't. Highmore's not a terrible. Highmore's not a terrible player. Highmore, yeah. sorry, is not a terrible player. But he's not Adam Goddard. You're right. So it kind of does look like it was just a dump of a player who got COVID first. Kyle, did you have a thought on that one? Uh, they were saying that Goddard wanted top six minutes and Vancouver was unwilling to give him those minutes. That's why they traded him. So there you go. There's there's the answer. Maybe it's – and you know what? Maybe that 200000 is also going to be used in the offseason. I really didn't use it at the trade deadline, but maybe it comes into play. They were going to offer a guy one point. Two now they can offer him one point four. Who knows? Like there's a lot yeah. of different things that could be going into play. No, of course. But yeah, that was an interesting one. Uh, Kyle, one maybe that stood out to you, something that you thought maybe was really good, something really bad, something that was just why did they do this? Um, to be honest, I don't know how the hell Calgary got a second out there for Sam Ben. I do not understand that whatsoever. Um, to me, that's just. He's a guy who was a first-round pick but has not even come close to living up to his potential, Um, has not had a really good season in general, I guess, really, as you say, Um, and was asking for a trade. So Calgary had no leverage whatsoever in his trade, yet somehow still got a second-round pick. So, you know, kudos to Calgary for getting a second-round pick for him. But Florida, what the hell are you doing? So, yeah. Florida's Plus. looking for some sort of spark right now. They are not playing well this last week and a half. And other, outside of Barkov, let me correct that, Barkov has been lights out. Huberdeau disappeared last week. I don't – they're looking for something. And maybe they thought, hey, we got to get this guy, and they didn't know what everyone else was offering, so they threw the second rounder out. I mean, Florida had cap space, so, like, I feel like they should have gone after Taylor Hall if that's the case. But, like – yeah, the other thing is like Sam Bennett is now exposed for the expansion draft coming off season. So yeah, like I don't know if they're trying to protect people and just expose him potentially, or what was going on. Probably. So, I, I mean, they didn't give up anybody. So yeah, like well, they gave up. <laughs> let's you know, let's be honest though. Let's let's be really fair here. Seattle's not taking a swing at Sam Bennett, are they? That's probably that's the question. Depending on who's available from Florida, they very well yeah. might. Maybe, but why would you? <laughs> you want a fourth line centerman? There you go. But I, I don't know why you would even consider doing that if you're uh, Seattle, based off of what we've seen from Sam Bennett. Why would you try to take him? I mean, they have to protect Hubert Obarkov, Hornquist. Uh, a ch- uh, he has a modified no trade, but Achari. Um, Yandel Strawman. I'm assuming they have to protect. Bobrovsky. They have to protect Bobrovsky, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming they're gonna protect Aaron Ekblad. So everyone else is available. Yeah, but who is everybody else on that team though? Vetrano, Wenberg, Duclair could be an interesting one that might get. Oh, is it no, really? He's, he's an RFA. Too? Sorry, he's he's an RFA. He's so not bounced around multiple teams. There's no chance Seattle's gonna be like, yeah, uh, let's take Carter Verhage after the season he's had. He might be, uh, he might be one that they go after. Potentially, right? Um, Mackenzie Weger would be available. Uh, Brandon Mont. Oh no, he's a UFA. Never mind. Um, Nudavara possibly. Uh, Drieger is no, no, his contract's up. So there's a few other pieces that I would take over Sam Bennett personally. Yeah. I would take Duclair over Bennett every day of the week, the way he's played. 
you also don't have the opportunity to get in on. He's out of contract, isn't he? Yes, he is. Never mind. He's an RFA, though. So, so is Sam Bennett, though. So is Sam Bennett. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. There's not really much you want to take from no Florida, <laughs> and that's that's another conversation we will have at a later date to try to predict what Seattle's going to do for a bunch of teams. But that is, yeah, there Florida's not really a big uh, move there. Um, one one move that kind of had me scratching my head a little bit just because of where this team's kind of at at the moment is the Hayden Flurry pickup by the Ducks. Uh, I thought he was going to go to a team that was looking for playoff defenseman depth, right? Maybe a, a fifth or sixth or seventh defenseman. Uh, Hayden Fleury is a, a solid player and, and on a $1.3 million deal. Like, I think you kind of take that going into the playoffs this year. Yeah. He ends up on the Ducks who, no offense to the Ducks, <laughs> they're just not really playoff bound this year. And he's there and for they another him, they year. They got him for free, basically. Yeah, pretty much. They they didn't get they didn't give up a whole lot. Jan Yanni Hankipa Hankanpa Hankanpa. He played this week for the <laughs> and a sixth round pick. Like I think Hayden Fleury is more valuable than that, don't you, Irfan? Agreed. I mean, I thought you know that move was signaling for Carolina to go and pick something else up because. Um, as good as they are, as fu- as fun as they are, they're still like one or two, maybe small pieces away from really contending. Um, I, obviously, they lead their division right now, but I still think they're they're a piece or two away from really, really contending. Especially in the playoffs, uh, when you look at what Tampa Bay's done in the playoffs over the last couple of years, or what the other teams have done, and what sort of depth moves you need to make. And I thought, oh, there's a change of five hundred grand there. That's great. Let's see if they're going to go and get a big name or some piece that's going to bolster their their bottom six or their top six or something. And they just didn't do it. So they, they sort of whiffed on it. But um, losing a guy like Hayden Fleury, I think that was a mistake. But Agreed. Bit of a mistake. Yeah. He's 24. Agreed. He shoots left. He's a big boy, a big Canadian boy. Can skate really well. He's 6'3". Oh, he is. I don't know why I always think of Fleury as being one of the smaller defensemen on Carolina. Because it's not. like Theo, because Theo Fleury, I think we, we messed it up with Theo Fleury because we always thought because Theo Fleury is a little smaller, right? Yeah, no, that's not no, it's not. No, it's <laughs> not why I, I see I see Fleury and I go, oh, is he small because of Theo Fleury? But he's not. This guy's a big boy. Um, All right, well, let's get into some of the big trades now, and uh, we'll get to the Leafs ones after because I know we'll probably have the most to say about that. Uh, but let's get to another one of our teams. Boston had a big splash early and they ended up pick, picking up Taylor Hall from the Sabres along with Curtis Lazar, which I was kind of surprised he was thrown into this deal as he's a good fourth or third line centerman. He does what he needs to do, gets off the ice sort of thing. And they gave up and the Bruins gave up Anders Bjork in a second round pick like what the heck is going on in Buffalo? How do you not get anything more than <laughs> Anders Bjork and a second round pick for Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar, Kyle? Um, and if you just say Kevin Adams, it's not really, I, I know that's the answer, but it's not a good one. Uh, it's Buffalo. They don't know how to, they don't even know how to trade properly. I don't, I don't um, like, especially with retaining Hall's salary and only getting Bjork, which no offense is essentially not anything um like he could become at most he's a fourth line player 
He's at most, he will be a second line player at the peak of his career. At most, he will never be yeah. more than that. He most likely will be a third or fourth line player the rest of his life. So to me, to me, you're basically swapping Lazard and Bjork for one offs, and you're getting Taylor Hall for a second round pick. So, yeah. um, and we just said Sam Bennett grabbed a second round pick, and <laughs> yeah, and then that's the thing. It's like it was one of those like, whoa, would you rather have Taylor Hall for a second round pick, or would you rather have Sam Bennett for a second round pick? It's like nah, I think there's a pretty clear, obvious choice there. Um, especially since Taylor Hall has now gone to Boston and scored like three goals in like three games, I'm pretty sure. So I know he has two. I don't know if he, how many he has, but it's three points or something like that. Oh, okay, three points. So either way, well, two goals, no assists. Y'all oh, liars. Where's oh, a plus three? He, he had three shifts, so it's the same thing. Um, <laughs> you know, he's making an immediate impact. Obviously, when you get taken away from Buffalo and get put on an actual good team, it's it's amazing what kind of impact you can have. And it's just like, I don't, Buffalo can't lose properly. They can't trade properly. Like I I just, I don't get it. Like they're, they're. Hold on. They know how to lose properly. They did it very, very well for how many games in a row? 19 or something. Yeah. But they're like, they're going to be Detroit. They're going to lose the first round pick, like the first overall pick. They're somehow going to end up at like sixth and like still possible, but yes. Same difference. They're like, and like they're gonna take some guy off the board who you've never heard of. Oh, yeah. and it's like it's like Columbus. Like Columbus, like oh, oh like this Canadian guy's there. It's like or this US guy's there. It's like, no, let's take this Finnish guy from the third division. He's 16 years old and just strapped on skates for the first year. <laughs> like, um, okay, sure, go ahead. Why? <laughs> but I don't know. To me, it's a it's a it's a bad trade. In my it's opinion. a bad great trade. Great, great trade for Boston because, to be honest, what's a second round pick in Anders Bjork to get Taylor Hall to their potentially playoff roster? I don't even know. Was Bjork really even playing much this year? Like he was. He was a bottom six forward and then played on the top line a few times. He's only been in thirty games. Yeah, he's, he's they, missed they, a third of their games at least. Mm-hmm. They uh they, they played on the top line when that whole Marchant was out or sorry when Pashnak was out they were trying to find a winger uh to play the first line they literally played everybody there right well uh, that's what I'm saying out of 39 games he played 30 of them yes. he was a minus eight it wasn't particularly five good this points season. like that's no, it wasn't... not good enough <laughs> well, if you come... he had less points than Hall I'm pretty sure <laughs> no he had more points oh. than Hall. No, I don't know. It's okay. I'm not putting. Hall, Hall had like Hall, Hall had 19. 19 points. He only had two goals, but he had 17 assists. Uh, York had five points in 38. Oh, so never mind. But I, I think you're right, Kyle. I think you nailed it on the head. Is that Boston like fleeced Buffalo in this one? And Irfan is smiling. So now I'll, I'll give him a chance to talk about his own team, but. They did a good job, and I was talking. I think Curtis Lazar could be a sneaky add-on to this to this trade, just because I think when you get when you go into the playoffs, you want guys on your bottom six that are going to be hard nosed. They're going to go in the corner. They're going to do their job, and they're going to get off the ice mm-hmm. when they're done. Curtis Lazar fits that mold. This was a guy who was like touted as the next great center at one point, <laughs> coming out of junior because of what he did for the World Junior Team, mm-hmm. and. I think he realized real quick that that was not what he was going to be, but he was going to find himself a role in the NHL. And he's done it. And now, Irfan, you bring him in, you bring Hall in. Buffalo looks ready to go for this playoff run. 
or Boston, Boston, Boston. Yeah, I know what I said. Shut up. <laughs> they do, but this I don't think this was the biggest trade Boston made them. And hear me out. I think Mike Riley was a steal. Um, they, I think, I think for for Boston, they needed the left-handed shot on the point, and I think uh, super proud of them for doing that because Mike Riley is a good puck-moving defenseman and something they've missed with losing Krug and and Chera. Um, but back to your. Lazar thing. I actually like this deal only because Clarice Lazar is in it. Um, I watched him very up close um, when he was at Ottawa, especially when it was Peugeot, Lazar, and and Zabinajad, like the, the three next big players coming out of Ottawa. So uh, good pickup. Uh, Taylor Hall doesn't have to be the nucleus of a team anymore. He just has to be that electron that fits in. And whether he plays well or not, it doesn't make a difference because the nucleus is already there. Um, so you're right. Boston fleeced them. Buffalo can't sign. Buffalo can't trade properly. Buffalo can't win. So, uh, unfortunately, there's, there's the unfortunate circumstance. That's the thing. Like they're getting fleeced when they go out and sign a player. They have to play, pay them an extra two million dollars on every sort of deal. Skinner. Um, then they can't trade. Well, that like, was just dumb. It was dumb. <laughs> I, I'm like looking at the other other trades as well. Like, LA got more for Jeff Carter, basically. Um, like um, let's also that, not that, forget they traded Brandon Montour to the uh, to Florida, and all they got back was a third round pick. And this is a defenseman who has been probably one of the top defensemen on your team for the last couple of years, maybe yeah. second or third, depending on who was playing at a given time. Brandon Montour has been a very solid defenseman. He he should get at least a second round pick on the market. You got him for a third round pick flat up. Like that's a surprise to me. I think at this point they're just trying to move out pieces and 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 hit another reset. So, it the biggest question now comes is Jack Eichel next. Like, is he something in the off season? I know we've talked about this a few times, but is he next? Because if they're just clearing up cap space and clearing up players, like, are they just going to hit a massive reset and be one of the worst teams again for the next couple of years? That's a, that's a big question because they're not getting much back. Like, how are you stockpiling seconds and thirds when you should be getting first round picks if you're trying to essentially reset? Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jack Eichel's going to pardon. They don't have any players of value in the first round pick. Well, I mean, I guess if you have if, if Taylor Hall, if, if Taylor Hall was playing well, he'd probably be worth it first round pick. Oh, picks, sure. Like if, he, if he wasn't like a minus 75 and only had two goals, then 100% he would have been worth a first round pick. Yeah. But when your team's so bad, you can't even get any value on players you sign in the offseason. That shows you something. And yeah, let, let's not forget, it's not even players that they signed in the offseason that they didn't get good value for. Like, go back a little bit further this year. They traded away uh, Jonas Johansson to Colorado. The kid has a 930 save percentage and a 1.87 goals against in Colorado. Um, we talk about the stall trade to Montreal where they retained salary. They only got two picks back, a third and a fifth. Right, they're just not good at trades. It's mm-hmm. it's awful. They're horrible at trades. They've made four trades this season. I think they've lost every single one of them. Mm-hmm. That is not a good thing to have on your resume. So I mean, the Montour one, you you weren't going to get a second round pick for him. To be honest, he he's been a decent defenseman, but I don't think he's a good defenseman by any means. So I think if it was the Montour value when he was coming from Anaheim, different story. Montour value when he's in Buffalo immediately drops him. So, um, you know, will he succeed in Florida? Probably. Florida plays a lot better of a defensive game than Buffalo does. But 
Um, that would be the only one I could really argue for. The Stall one, they definitely lost. Um, the Johansson one, Colorado always seems to find some guy who's dog shit and plays well for them for four games, and they dump him and get somebody else instead. So Hutchison, um, maybe that's this. Maybe that's him this year. We'll see. Um, well, now they picked up Dubik too, so they don't really need Johansson. But he's played. He's honestly put looked really good behind the Colorado team. I mean, that might be because he's playing behind Colorado who gives up one of the fewest amount of shots per game, but still yeah, much better defensive system, better score. Well, I mean, yeah. that's not really yeah. saying much. I think we could go out and play better defensively than the Buffalo Sabres have this year. Yeah. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go up against Rasmus versus Lennon. You know, he's a giant. Well, yes. One player does not make a good defensive unit though. <laughs> it is. If he puts you on your ass and you can't score the, the goal. Yeah, but he hasn't been doing that this year. He really hasn't. No, no he, he hasn't, hasn't looked he scary at all. Because he's been chasing the puck because the dump and chase. Oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> Crap. A <laughs> um, couple other big trades that we, we got to talk about. And a lot of uh, three-team deals happened this, this year. Uh, well, let's talk about the Yanmark one. Um, he ends up in Vegas. I want to first start with how do you guys feel about these three team deals where 75% of salary is being retained between two teams. And then the team that gets them is only getting 25% of the salary. I know it's a workaround for the uh, salary cap, but Irfan, I'm not really sure I like it. I get it, but I don't think I like it personally. What about you? Um, I mean, it, it's it's smart for contending teams because they get to sort of, it helps them out significantly. But like you look at the, the deal they're not really giving up much for that to even happen like i feel like if i'm going to retain 75 percent of your salary i better get something really good back because i don't want to help you out but i mean i guess i guess uh you know it's a it's a fun way to to look at salary and and, and to see if these teams um can compete like i'm okay with it I, I know you just said you're you're a little hesitant with it but i am okay with it i don't have an issue i like the fact that you know teams are finding ways to be competitive with with the flat salary cap and i think they all understand that and and obviously when you're trading to teams like san jose or chicago who will be like well we'll take the money and we'll take the picks so it doesn't make a difference to us and then it's off the books right away so i'm okay with it but i find i found it funny there's nhl executives who aren't happy with it yeah, and the NHL basically told him screw off. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Like, and I get it. I get. I get the logic behind it because it's in the rules. But just seems kind of odd that San Jose got a fifth round pick to retain twenty five percent of Yanmark's salary. Well, like so, San Jose is retaining fifty percent of Yanmark, but no, so is Chicago. Chicago is retaining fifty percent. I'm literally looking at this trade right now. Chicago on cap friendly, it's no, 50. on NBA. Okay, yeah, okay. so. Chicago's retaining 50, and then San Jose is retaining another 50. 50 of the other 50, so it's 25% total. Okay, I, I, I get that, but it's still 50% of the 50%, so it's, yeah. it's still 50%. Uh, no, Chicago. I, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, if we're talking total contract, is what that's what I was sure. saying. Sure, yeah, but, like, realistically, you're so you're retaining half a million dollars or a million dollars. Like, that's why you're getting a fifth-round pick. You're not retaining two and a half million dollars. Right, that's, but that's but what I'm what I'm saying in this deal specifically is Chicago is getting a second and a third round pick to retain fifty percent of the salary because they're trading the player. Right to San Jose, yes. who then trades him to Vegas. But Vegas, Vegas only sent Buffalo's fifth round pick 
to San Jose and then got another player and a fifth round pick. Like that's what, that's more what I was getting at is that Vegas got two players and a fifth round pick and San Jose only gets a fifth round pick to, <laughs> to, to eat 25% yeah. of the total salary. I mean, that's probably the worst example of these three team yeah, trades. That's what I mean. Know? Like this one, yeah. I, I just didn't understand that one from that perspective. I mean, San Jose gets a fifth round pick just for the hell of it is basically what it comes down to. So, yeah. Um, like we could talk about the Tampa Bay getting David Savard trade as well. I mean, like San Jose, San Jose literally just purely benefits here. Like they have the cap space to, to move and they're not retaining a whole hell of a lot. And yeah. they get an extra fifth round pick for essentially just being a name in a trade. So yeah. like it, 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 that one's a weird one, but like, I totally understand it from San Jose side. They're like, yeah, you want, you got, you, got, you need cap. No problem. We got it. Like we'll take care of it. So yeah. I maybe would have just asked for, you know, another another higher pick like a fourth round pick or a third round pick or something if chicago's getting a second and a third why are we only getting a fifth round pick when we're giving up a player and eating 50 percent of the salary well and i think the only difference would have been like that trade then goes all right who's next okay uh detroit you want a fifth round pick okay done and and detroit would have been like yeah sure give me whatever you want no problem yeah. again it's just because they gave up another player as well. And Vegas ended up getting a fifth round pick in from Chicago. That's why I think that in my head, it just looks wrong to me. Wasn't it Chicago's player that went back in the other one? No, it was uh, Nick DeSimeon was from San Jose. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. So they, they lost a player. Vegas also got a fifth round pick from Chicago. Yeah. And Tampa or, and San Jose only gets a fifth round pick basically. Yeah. And they have to eat salary. So, so essentially, something. yeah. So essentially, um, Buffalo needs to look at the way to trade because that is, is how you get what you want and also give up the bare minimum to get it. Yeah. You mean Vegas's trading style? That's what I said. Buffalo needs to follow this this yes. trading style. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another three team trade was the David Savard trade that I just mentioned. Uh, I think it's smart move by Tampa. Added a defense. Very good trade. Very good trade. Uh, they did give up a first-round pick. Was that too yeah. much for Savard? No. Not what he brings in the playoffs. Not at all. Okay. Um, especially if Tampa Bay is going to be, you know, a low pick in the first round. Like, if they're going to be, like, what, 29, 30, 31 sort of thing. I don't think it matters. No. He's the be- he was the best defenseman on the market, and it wasn't even close. So. Um, I want to talk winners and losers now because uh, I'm assuming – Toronto will probably be on one of the lists from somebody. So we'll get into all their moves. Uh, Irfan, who was your big loser from this week other than Buffalo? Because we already talked about them. Agnotio. Uh, I would say Carolina would be the second team out of that. I did mention that, you know, they moved out Hayden Fleury earlier and um, it looked like they they had some cap space to make a move and, and they didn't really do anything with, with Tampa Bay getting stronger. Um, whether we admit it or not, but uh, Florida picked up depth in, in Sam Bennett. So, uh, and those are two teams chasing them for that top spot. Um, so I'm a little surprised that they didn't go and get some depth. And that's something that maybe they're very happy with their team and they have a good team. It's just um, when you're moving a defenseman, that's pretty good and, and not really replacing him with anything big. It's, it's a little, a little confusing on my end. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Kyle, did you have a team that was a, a loser on your end? Um, I got to say the Winnipeg Jets, um, yeah. Winnipeg Jets have huge depth and quality problems on their back end. Um, and realistically, if only picking up Jordy Ben, 
I don't think fixes that. I, I think that that team, if if you had a chance to go pick up a good defenseman, you know, um, if they did have a chance potentially at Savard, if they could have worked that around or whatever it may be, I think it would have really shored them up on the defense and really would have given that Jets team a good chance to run through the playoffs as well. Would, um, would uh, Brandon Montour have been a good pickup? Had they, had they been I, able to I go think, after him? I think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think honestly, especially if it was for a third round pick, I think, you know, that's definitely Montour definitely brings more to your defense than not giving up a third round pick. Yeah. Right. So I think like, honestly, you look at even like Mike Riley, if Mike Riley was available, like Good Branson even Montour. would have added something to that lineup. Like I know he, he hasn't had a great year, but he would have added something to that lineup at least flurry. even. 100%. Yeah. And it's one of those, just there, there's things that, could have been done that weren't done and no offense to Jordy Ben, but he's not the answer. Um, I, I think, I think Winnipeg definitely dropped the ball on potentially uh, making a real run in the playoffs. Like, they still very well might, but their defense could be that Achilles heel. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that's a, that's a, that was one of my teams that were definitely losers for sure. Um, another team, they only didn't, they didn't do a whole lot, which is kind of why they're, they're on this list for me, but Calgary, they traded away their best goalie this season. No offense to Markstrom. He, has, he hasn't looked as good as he did last year. I'm not saying he's looked awful, but he hasn't looked as good as he did last year. Riddick looked better. They trade him to an interdivisional team. Then they went out and beat him in the game that they played him. But still. <laughs> uh, and then you give up Sam Bennett and end up getting a second-round pick. Like That I'll call a, a slight win just because you got a second-round pick for Bennett but they didn't do anything like this is a team that's fighting for a playoff spot at the moment. And you didn't bring anything of value in other than a second and a third round pick. So that's not going to help you on your playoff push. They needed probably a little bit of depth scoring. Um, maybe a defenseman. That's less of the issue at the moment. I think they're the biggest thing they need is depth scoring. And they brought nobody in to try to deal with that. And you got rid of Sam Bennett who I'm not saying was depth scoring, but he's at least a body. Why would, why would they do nothing at the deadline? Like that, that seems ridiculous with all the little moves that were made across the league. Like nothing at the deadline seems like a mistake to me. Yep. I'm not saying it's a huge mistake because they're probably weren't going to make the playoffs anyway, but still. They've won two games since they did what they did. So, woo! Two games. <laughs> I mean, yeah. wait until the next game, and then we'll talk. <laughs> I think realistically, though, that the, the, they're going to post some trouble for Montreal anyways, but if they do make the playoffs, you're right. There's no depth. There's no real... Does does Calgary scare you, or does Montreal scare you if you're a Leafs fan? Montreal. No. Exactly. No, so. no Montreal well, no, scares but me if you... because of price. That's literally the only reason that Montreal scares anybody in the North Division. Because price, <laughs> if he gets hot... He's one of the best goalies in the league. The only team that scares me at all is Winnipeg. And that's purely because of Hellebuck and their depth of score. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm saying, but he asked between Montreal and Calgary. Montreal's the oh, answer. Oh, yeah, if I, if I had to choose, obviously. Be, 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 be. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's not even closer, fun. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that. Yeah. All sure. right, let's let's uh, let's move on to winners uh, because, we, you know, we like winners. Um, Kyle, we'll start with you. Who was your big winner from this weekend? This weekend, Detroit Red Wings. Detroit. Um, Detroit obviously got a uh, fourth round pick for Niemeth or Patrick Nemeth, whatever from Colorado. 
gets a fourth round pick in the salary retention for Tampa Bay. Um, and then pulls off the biggest are the biggest trade on trade deadline and uh picking Yeah, up out of the Veronica. blue, by the way. That was that was uh, like out of left field. Picking up Vron up panic, first round pick and a second round pick for Anthony Mantha. Um I do think it's a slight overpay. I wouldn't say it's a big overpay. Um by by Washington. Um purely I, I'd argue I, that, but I, I know you would I everybody values Ron. Oh, he's gonna be a 70 point guy. No, he's not. No, I, I just I think I overvalue. I think they went overboard because I think if they had gone Vrana and a first, the way Manta's been playing, I, I probably would have said, yeah, that's that's an even trade. The fact that they added the second in panic was what I think is well, pa- panic. Panic was purely for money. Panic, yeah, is literally worthless right now. Yeah. Um, so technically, Washington actually gains a million and a half in cap space, which it actually is huge based off this trade. So. Huh? Um, no, they lose. They lose six hundred thousand. No, they were they were gaining more because Panic has more years left on the contract. So six seventy five difference. So that adds to their cap. Detroit shed its salary in this one. They were they were saying that, or they were saying that Washington was gaining cap space, but that's yeah, they whatever. did. In cap. Maybe maybe yeah. for next year. Maybe next year they're they're saving salary or something. So either way, um, I think Washington had enough of Rana. They were. Scratching him after uh, during the uh, during some of the previous games, but you know he gets a fresh chance in, in Detroit, and Detroit picks up a first and a second for a guy they were kind of wasting his talents with. So um, I think it's I think Detroit won the won the, the the day or the week or whatever you want to call it. We'll call it the weekend. Um, so Detroit's my big winner on this one. I think they did a good job. I think they. They picked up lots of draft picks. In the grand, they pick up five draft picks in four trades over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, they move players who have potential in uh, John Merrill, Anthony Mantha out to pick up those draft picks. They got a young kid in uh, Hayden Verbeek from Montreal, who I'm not sure what he's going to turn into, but he could be a bottom six piece. And you pick up Rana and Panic as well as all those picks. So I mean, I think they did a good job. Uh, Irfan, team of the weekend. I mean, can I echo what Kyle said? It it has to be Detroit. They picked up how many draft picks? They they uh, retained salary in deals that they probably shouldn't even have been in, but they were in, and they got more ga- draft capital. And we we see what Iserman can do to to any team. I mean, he was successful in Tampa Bay. I think he's going to be successful in Detroit. But if I'm going to pick someone different, um, <clears throat> you don't have to, but I would like you to. <laughs> I am. That's what I'm going to say. I'm just, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to go through it. And I think his lungs out. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I think I would say Tampa Bay. I think Tampa didn't really need to add to their team, but they still did and picked up Dennis Savard, who <laughs> started off with, uh, um, the the top line there on defense. Oh man, I'm going blank on his name. Headman. Sorry, Headman. guys. <laughs> yeah, playing with Headman already comes in. Um, you mean David Savard, by the way? Dennis David Savard, right? Did I say Dennis Savard? You said Dennis. Guys, I'm tired. Okay. Man, they get <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> no, I was trying to like not cough. Um, <laughs> no, I I think Tampa won that. No, like they, I think they they did a good job. They didn't need to go and get any pieces. They're already good enough, and and their best. 
uh, pickup wasn't even a pickup. It was Nikita Kucherov being ready for the yeah, playoffs, that's which not is really ri- fair, though. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So, um, definitely gonna, a team. They're going to change it now. Stamkos got injured. They're not going to change Stamkos' long term injury reserve, and immediately Kucherov's going to come off. I bet yep, like 100%. That. It was planned, actually. They said, Kucherov, Oh my God, he's healthy. Hurt. Oh my God. Stamkos, you're going to get hurt with a month left in the season, and we're going to put you on LTIR so that we can bring Kucher off to give him some games to warm up, okay? You understand? Yeah. So go pretend to block a shot. Make it look like it hurt. <laughs> yep. So yeah. Not TK. actually what happened, but I can see I can see that kind of conversation going on for a, a lesser team. Oh, 100%, 100%. Not Tampa necessarily, but a lesser team, 100%. No, I could 100% see, see Tampa doing that. They've – Everybody blames the Leafs for doing all this LTIR stuff. I'm like, Tampa literally does it more than the Leafs, and he just doesn't get any credit for it because they're literally in Tampa. Yeah, and they keep winning. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, I got two teams that I think did really well this weekend, and they're ironically my two favorite teams, but I think they addressed all the issues that they each had. Colorado did a great job picking up goaltenders over the last month uh, with uh, Johansson and – and then they traded Greg Patteron, who they picked up early this year and wasn't really even playing for the team. He was the seventh defenseman at most uh, and a fifth-round pick to pick up Devin Dubnik to back up Philip Grubauer. I think that's a good move. And then they added Carl, Carl Soderberg, who was on the team last year, knows the players, and is a perfect bottom six forward on this team going into playoffs. I think they did everything they needed to do. And then, of course, Toronto with the big – couple big moves, couple small moves. Um, obviously, picking up Nick Foligno, I think, is going to be huge for them come playoff time. He adds that grit. He adds that flexibility, a guy who can play all three positions up front, um, which some people just can't do anymore for some reason. They added Riley Nash before that, uh, who I think is also going to be a good depth uh, forward come playoff time as well. And then they add David Riddick, who, I mean, he didn't look necessarily great in his game games since he's been moved but i really can't blame him because the team in front of him looked awful awful but they addressed every single thing oh and then they added ben hutton as a a depth defenseman as well because you know why not like might as well grab as many people as possible and they moved out barabanov who just hasn't really stuck with the with the leaf so far they did all of that and really didn't give up anything but picks and let's be honest the way the leafs prospect pool is right now picks are kind of easily expendable for them right Kyle? 100 and honestly the biggest thing comes down to as we talked before is nobody knows what the hell is going on with this draft that so too. draft picks are draft picks are the easiest way to say hey we know what we have in our prospects we don't know what the hell this draft's going to be like let's ship out the draft picks so um i do agree i think the leafs, the leafs definitely had a, a good deadline um, I think they kind of overpaid for Riddick. I don't think he's actually worth a third round pick, in my opinion, but is what it That's is right. at that point. So, um, but they needed a goalie. Let's be honest. They needed a goalie sure. and they decided 100%. that was what they had to pay to get him. So, 100%. And, and so I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but I think my secondary winner is actually the Calgary Flames. Um, I think they've kind of decided that they are not going to. They be actually in contention this year. Um, you know, they're going to give it a shot, but they have no shot. Give it a shot. Give it all that they got. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Irfan hated that. <laughs> to me, like, they're, 
Montreal has three games in hand on them and they're six points back. Yeah. So I think they kind of thought, and that's with them winning these last the three games this week. So that's saying something. Um, By the way, they lost got, their game yesterday. You liar. They're not on a two-game win streak. They're on a one-game losing streak. Oh, well, they had a two-game win streak. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> Did they not win three? And who did they lose? They lost two. It's a Montreal. Montreal. They had a three-game win streak before that, so shut it. Um, You said they were on a two-game win streak. They're not. They lost it last night. Yeah, I forgot they played last night. Technically, they were up until last night, so, you know. Um, (laughs) But I I think getting a third-round pick for Riddick, who obviously they have Louis Domingue, who can kind of fill in as the backup, but Markstrom has been their guy, and Markstrom looked outstanding this week, so... We'll see what happens with that. Um, but then getting a second-round pick for Bennett, I think that's the that's the biggest key for me for them winning is they gave up an asset, or not really an asset, more like a deficit, and got a second-round pick in return. So so to me, I think you know getting a second and a third to a team who's not really in contention right now um, is, is a benefit for them. So I, I would I would debate that they could they would almost be like a secondary winner for them. So that's interesting. I, as I said, I had them as a loser just because. They didn't do anything, right? They they really didn't do a whole lot when they could have. So it, it it's it's an interesting way to look at it, though. I actually like that, Kyle. I think it's it's nice to have that kind of conversation back and forth. I'm still sticking them with the loser category on my end, <laughs> but I get what you're saying for sure. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we uh, take a quick break here, Kyle Irfan? Uh, I'm looking forward to the playoffs. To be honest, I, I actually want to see. You know, obviously the the division and stuff going into the playoffs is a whole different thing. But as I said, pretty much the North division is already kind of decided. It's just a matter of where they fill in right now. Mm -hmm. Um, East division will be interesting, but it seems like Boston's pulling away with that fourth spot now. So um, my Stanley Cup pick is dead in the fucking water, um, for lack of better words. Philly? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Philly! And then, honestly, other than that, like you, you're kind of seeing right now all the separation in the division. Yeah, it's 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 it, funny. I was just looking at it. The West and the Central, the top yeah. three, are set. Yeah, it's that fourth spot that's going to be very very interesting in both of those stages. Hundred percent. And and you know, there's certain teams like like St. Louis. I didn't think it was going to be competing for the fourth spot. I thought I thought they were being secure already. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh no no, we're one point back of. Arizona, who Arizona's been like like a stock market. I've been like, up oh, and no, down. We we get seven shots on net against Colorado in one game. And then have 10 shots on net the next game against Colorado for a total of 17 in two games. It's like I don't I don't even know if that's on Colorado. It probably is so partly, it's but it's also partly, on Arizona just not partly, shooting the goddamn pucks. Yeah. No, they're they were held to the outside. It also I actually watched one of those games. It didn't help that they couldn't hit the net. Yeah, like they were shooting the puck, it just wasn't hitting the net. <laughs> and then, like you look at even like the North Division, I think there actually is a gap between Edmonton and Montreal. I think. Uh, oh, I agree. I think hundred percent. It's Toronto, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and then it's Montreal after that. So and then um, the rest. <laughs> yeah, and then it's then we won't talk about the other teams. But um, you know, to me, playoff hockey is the is the best hockey, and I, I just can't wait for that. So. Irfan, any any last thoughts quickly before we uh, we take no a break? looking forward to playoff hockey and 
if it's a potential Capitals Bruins matchup with Sedano Chara facing off against old team, I, I I would like to see that as a Ooh, a nice I didn't little think about that. Yeah, I think about that. He will I'm cry just saying, watching it, but uh who me? No, I think I think the Capitals are a better all around team. So no, I just mean watching Chara play against you in the playoffs. You oh, cry. yes. I don't, I will cry every time. He, I'm like cheering for him when he comes on on a shift, and I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> Wait uh, a minute. I'm not supposed uh, to be but, cheering for these guys. Uh, uh, playoff hockey is going to be fine, boys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. We're going to take a quick break. After that, we will talk a little footy with Irfan uh, and Kyle here on Garage Door Sports. Good day, everybody. This is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co-host, Nick McVicker, for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episode available every Friday, wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. 20 Minutes on Ice, part of the Garage Door Sports Network. We're back, boys. That was our kickoff segment in the first segment. Now we are going to the sport that actually kicks the ball uh a little little footy for you boys and uh let's talk epl kyle didn't like that one i'm sorry <laughs> hey transitions are hard sometimes don't give that don't give me that um still hard. <laughs> let's talk some epl boys and then we'll get into some champions league uh there's a lot going on in the epl this year we've seen it lots of teams have struggled that we thought were going to be really good <laughs> liverpool uh, a couple teams have done way better than we thought they were going to. West Ham. <laughs> Any anything that really stood out from you so far this season, Irfan? I'm going to start with you since you know you host a soccer show and you've been watching probably more than me and Kyle have. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that really, really stood out from you this year? Well, I think you mentioned them, West Ham. Um, I didn't see them even being in the top 10 this year. I, I, I based it off of the last couple of years where they've struggled to really find consistency, but for some reason this season um, they're winning big games uh, and they haven't been blown out in a lot of games. Like they've played the the top four, which is like the big four very well this season. Obviously they've lost a couple of those, but they've played well in those games. They've played Leicester hard. Um, they haven't given much away. And then adding Lingard in January has also made them a more, you know, a scarier team going forward. So they've been the biggest surprise and like good for them. Good for David Moyes. But man, I did not see them that high up. I really thought they'd be in a relegation battle or in the bottom five or bottom six or even getting relegated. But um, they've definitely been the biggest surprise. Obviously, Liverpool has been a massive surprise, but um, Liverpool also had their defensive issues and just haven't really clicked this season. So it happens when, when you're missing the best defender in the world. Um, Hold on. Let's, let's not just say it was Van Dyke. They're missing all three of their center backs. They are. But, I mean, <laughs> you lose Van Dyke, then you start to lose Gomez, you lose Matip, and then Jordan Henderson isn't healthy, and he's one of the biggest heart and soul guys on your team. Like, you're starting to lose. Fabinho wasn't healthy. Um, you don't know what you're getting from Thiago in that midfield anymore because there's not healthy there either. Um, and Mohamed Salah midweek was completely wasteful. Like, the guys just don't have the confidence to win games and you're, you're starting to see that and even though they are if they win their next game they they potentially could be in fourth but that's still a big stretch yeah uh, back to your west ham point uh is jesse lingard the comeback player of the year this year or something i think he should be considered a comeback player of the year i mean there's a couple of other players you can probably dish out i mean 
Gilfie Sigerson's had a good season. Um, yeah. No, I'm I'm totally kidding. It's just so funny. Like this guy was supposed to be the guy coming out from the United uh, Academy, and then played on the team. Had some great flashes of brilliance, but never cracked the United roster. Could not find his way in. And his first opportunity out on loan, he goes and absolutely kills it for West Ham. Since he start, since he made the move. He is tied for the most goals in the EPL in that stretch with who? Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Not bad. I take that every day of the week if you're West Ham. No. It's just incredible to see him just take that next step. Uh, Kyle, big surprises from you. Any anyone really stand out? Any any player maybe or a team that stood out to you? I don't. I don't think in general there's like yeah. Obviously there's things that stand out. I think, but for me, the biggest thing that stands out is the actual quality of competition this year um and the fact that literally you, you could argue there's there's 10 teams that are arguably close to contention for that fourth and fifth spot um yes there there's maybe eight nine points separating them but i didn't expect Leeds or austin villa to be top 10 right now like austin villa is just outside of the 11 but they're they're one point back with a game in hand on Leeds um, and arsenal in ninth yeah, Arsenal in ninth. Even look at Everton in eighth. I, I, I didn't know. You know, when we were talking earlier in the year, Everton was obviously top three when we were talking, but you know, kind of fell down a little bit. But you know, they're only five points back of potentially being in fourth or fifth. So, like, it's like it's there, there's a ton of teams that are in contention, obviously. And with you know, we were talking Man U earlier, potentially being outside the top ten and that kind of stuff. And now they're all all of a sudden in second. So it's like it's to me, it's the high quality of competition. You, you never know who's actually going to win on any given weekend. And it's hasn't been like that in EPL in a little while because no, no. You, you, you've honestly had, you've had Man City and Liverpool basically running show in the league for the last, what, three, four years, probably. Yeah. And then you had that second group of United, Leicester, Tottenham, Arsenal, who used to beat up on everybody else. And it was pretty much guaranteed. Those were the top six teams. hundred percent. Right, it was guaranteed those were going to be the top six teams. Well, you, you forgot Chelsea too, but that's a whole other story. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. I did forget Chelsea. That's that's my fault. Uh, Chelsea. But, so there's your top seven though. That was guaranteed. Those were going to be your top seven in some form. And then and then you had like the surprise team where randomly there'd be like an eighth team that just you know just got up from relegation or something like that. That ends up in eighth, and you're like, oh my god, like they actually did well. And but they would still like, be eight. No. That's the point, right? Like, yeah, they'd still be eight. Had. But now, now it's like, you, as we said, like Leicester's in third right now, which like you could argue that they kind of deserve to be there, but you could argue they kind of don't at the same time. They deserve then, to be there, but it's still a surprise that they're third. Oh, 100%. And then West Ham, we talked about like, I, you could have thrown a dart in the dartboard and I <laughs> would never have gotten that. So, yeah, pretty um, much. So and, and then you know obviously like and, and as we said like it's just high co- high quality competition and I, I'm I'm excited for what this means in the future because then I like yes obviously Man City's still kind of running away with it but I don't think it, I think this leads into good potential down the road for the EPL and actually having high quality high quality competition and maybe it even means players. You know, not necessarily going to Man City, but maybe they want to go to Everton now. Maybe they want to go to Arsenal, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, because they're still high quality and they're top in that league. So I, I think it definitely makes for a uh, better competition too. So okay. yeah, I, I just hope it's not a one-off, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, what I was going to say is I, I, if you look across the leagues, like if we're not just talking EPL at this point, 
there is quality competition in every single one almost. Like I know the Bundesliga Bayern's up by seven points and Leipzig's up by seven points on third, but after that you got a few teams within like five points of each other battling for that third Champions League spot. Um <laughs> Syria, you have Inter and then everybody else all competing in that sort of range. And then even La Liga, there's four teams that I can see that are within six points of first in the in the division. Now, I know there's a significant drop-off after that in, in La Liga, but you kind of get my point. And then Ligue 1, where it's been PSG and then everyone else for the last couple of years. Well, it's not PSG at the top. Lille is at the top, playing fantastic, by the way. And PSG's in second, only two points up on fourth, right? Like, this is a competition-based season that we haven't seen in a very long time. And, Kyle, you nailed it on the head. It's phenomenal. And there's a chance that we could see Villa and Leeds. I say chance. It's not a great chance. But there's a chance that we could see those two finish sixth, seventh, right? Mm-hmm. Or somewhere in the top eight, like, that's something that we would not have predicted at the beginning of the season. Well, maybe after the first couple of weeks, we thought Leeds was going to win the league, but. Well, but that's also Leeds literally just come up, came up from relegation too. Yeah. Right. So, so we're talking, if Leeds adds people to this current roster, right. Are they the new Leicester? Cause obviously Leicester had that, that wonderful run. Right. And now they've continued yeah. their success. Right. So maybe Leeds is the new Leicester. You obviously you bring in some new players and, Maybe I have a continued success. Who knows? And that would be that would be huge for the English game. Eh? Getting Leeds to be a top team again. Don't forget, this is a team 20 years ago, 25, 30 years ago. These guys were competing with they were the top four. They were top four every year. And yep. then once they fell out, they could just never get back. Like it it destroyed the the team to drop out of the EPL. Now they're back and they're back with vengeance. <laughs> this sort of this sort of competition though that we're seeing across the leagues could be a changing the guard. Um, we saw that 25, 30 years ago, I think in the 94, 95 season in, in England, where you know teams like Newcastle, Blackburn sort of shifted down, and you saw Arsenal playing a little bit better. You saw Leeds playing better. Um so could, as well. you, yeah, exactly. Better. So so you see the fact that there's 11 potential teams and we can be seeing teams like, you know, Arsenal maybe being on the down for a little bit. Um, you could see Spurs Sorry, being Harry. on the down. No, but like Spurs being on the down for a little bit. And now you're going to see Leicester and West Ham maybe consistently being there. Um, I mean, it's a one-off. We don't know that if it happens next year, then it's probably something that's going to happen, but um, definitely changing of the guard. I mean, you mentioned the Liga with, you don't know what you're going to get from Barcelona and Real Madrid and Athletic every night anymore. And that's why you have a team like Sevilla who sort of jumped into this. Uh, same thing with Serie A. It's not dominated by Juve anymore. It's Inter, AC, Juve, Napoli, Roma. Like there's so many teams that are fighting for it. And then you also mentioned Ligue, Liga, right? Um, Lille coming up. Um, Marseille could have had, if they had a better start, they would have been a better team this year. Um, so, yeah, I think we could see a, a solid changing in the guard where we haven't seen one in, in the last 20 years. But I think this is good for football. I think it, it shows that there's players who are willing to go to other clubs like Everton uh, or to Leeds that just want to play and, and they're so they're top quality. Yeah, and I mean, we get Norwich coming back up from the championship next year. They were just confirmed yep. today. Uh, they're an interesting team because at one point last year, they were like sixth near the beginning of the season because they just caught a bunch of teams City. off guard. Yeah, when they beat City 3-2, and then after that... <laughs> yeah, they fell off a cliff. But they have they have some good potential. And that 
Timu Puki kid is just phenomenal. He knows how to score. Like, so don't I? I expect them to come up and stay, but you never know, right? Like, crazier things have happened. I yeah, I hope this maybe they're the leads of next year. Huh? I, mean, I said maybe they're the leads of next year. Maybe. Who knows? That would be interesting. Add another team into this 12-team mix at this point. <laughs> and I mean, we, we forget that Wolves, who are consistent in the last three years, are sitting in 12th. They haven't had a good year. Imagine if they're back to the full strength, right? Yeah, that's true. Southampton as well, a team that uh, always used to play well against the top teams. They're having a down year. They're, I mean, they're safe, but they're having a down year too. Like, there's so they were many top teams. 10 for a while. Yeah. There's so many teams in the EPL that could do really, really big things next year. And it, it will be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, you mentioned Lil in the French League. Like, that story is phenomenal. I love it. And the fact that Jonathan David is the one leading the charge, a, a, a Canadian kid playing as good as he has been, is phenomenal. Uh, let's quickly move over to uh, Champions League. Irfan, you wanted to talk about the draw, right? Uh, yeah, the draw. There's the, the semifinal draw is ready to go. That's screwed. <laughs> do you want to talk about it Kyle? i thought i was gonna let earth fun go for but but no you, no you know, you go for it. It, it's all it's all earth fun but we got screwed all right earth fun tell us tell us how kyle got screwed um well he has to play his chelsea has to actually play a good team now uh, it's not just <laughs> it's not just okay, hold on. outside of porto are any of the teams really bad maybe liverpool at this point in time no, but they're probably uh, not making it through no, this is. I think this is a very good matchup because, uh, as good as Real Madrid has been, I think this is Chelsea's year to surprise some teams. Um, Thomas Tuchel's made this Chelsea a better defensive unit. They look better off the ball than they have in a while, and obviously, they that that loss to West Brom shouldn't even be on the radar because just take that as a blimp and move on. Um, I think this is a good draw for Chelsea because uh, Real Madrid hasn't played well away from home so if they can come if Chelsea can go to, to the Bernabeu or go to Spain or wherever they're playing depending on COVID and, and sort of shut it down they have it's in Madrid so they, it's not they at have, the Bernabeu it's uh, no it's it's a different Stadio facility Alfredo Di Stefano yeah that's why it looks different yeah. than the Bernabeu yeah, but just a little but if Chelsea can go to Spain and and shut it down let they that they did to Porto and, and were able to sort of shut that part of it down or, or piss off Atletico Madrid. I really, really think that Chelsea can come up on top of this matchup. So don't be afraid. I think it's a good matchup. And imagine a Chelsea and PSG I think it's fight. the best possible matchup that they could have gotten. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I kind of agree. Like, to be honest, I kind of just overblew it. But like, <laughs> in my opinion, I would have rather, I think I would have rather City, to be honest. I, I wouldn't want to play PSG. That's the biggest one I wouldn't want to play because PSG is on a roll right now. Um, yeah, I, I would argue. I, I wouldn't I would want argue PSG, like, but... No, I wouldn't want that. Like, to me, PSG and then like, to me, it was just more, I guess that's more name brand than anything with Real. Yeah. But um, I'm just going to say Real's not the Real that we grew up knowing. Like they're, no, they're a I, shell I, of that Real at this point in time. I, the only I, player I who's playing really biggest, good is Tony Cruz. I think the biggest thing uh, is is City City has never been this far, right? Under yeah, Pep, at least, no. at least under Pep. Not under Pep. Right? So I think them not knowing the territory potentially could have been like one of those like, hey, maybe they just don't show up in the semifinal type thing. Who knows? Right, because uh, all the Chelsea players have been here before. No, but the brand has been, so you're fine. 
<laughs> but it doesn't mean anything. This is a new manager, a team that's very, very young. And you're going up against City, who are perennial EPL champions and probably so the best team so in the you're, EPL. You're, say, you're saying name brand means nothing now, then? Not when it comes to two teams from the – no, from the two teams from the same league, I don't think the name brand actually has an effect on Champions League. Just because they know each other so well, it doesn't really play a factor. If you're playing a team from another league, name brand might come into play a little bit more, in, in my opinion, just because you play this team twice a year anyway. So you know who this, this squad is. They've already played twice, City and Chelsea, haven't they? Or yeah, and they're playing one. the third time. Uh, right? Yeah, they, they yeah. play today. So. so that's my point, right? Like, they know each other so well that name brand becomes kind of moot within your own league. If you're playing a team outside of your league, name brand means a lot more. Like if you're going yeah. into Bayern, that that feel of that stadium, that brand is not something that you see all the time. As well, for sure. So well, I mean, Kyle just mentioned that, right? Back. Kyle mentioned the fact that he saw the draw and went, oh, crap, right? But in reality, if you break it down, it's not a no crap. It's actually a very good matchup for Chelsea because I don't think you want to take on PSG like you said. I don't think you want to take on City because you know each other well enough. Yeah. I think you'd rather have that in the final where, um, you know, potential Thomas Tuchel versus PSG matchup would be very nice. Um, uh, a little City loses, which we all want. Well, let's be honest. <laughs> well, be honest, well, I mean, I the way, think the way PSG is playing right now, they're going to be hard to beat. So I know. I know. it'll be it'll be interesting about them. Well, the thing is, can PSG defend a team that likes the ball as much as uh, City does? Probably, because they did that to Bayern and just broke them on the counter. The difference is Bayern played a high line. I don't think City's going to do that. City's got enough pace. I think Bayern had a better back line, though, than City does. Not last game. No, when when I had to move... From the from player wise, though, I still think that Bayern had a has a better backline than. City. Oh yes, yes, but they had a makeshift backline the last two games because yeah. right. Welcome, but welcome to injury and late in the season game, <laughs> right? But <laughs> if you're comparing defenses, yeah, I think it's better. But I think City's defense has played better this year overall uh, in all competitions. Yeah, they have. They've been better. I mean, you have Ruben Diaz, who's been better than Jerome Boateng this year. Yes, but who's name been another than- defender on that line. John Stones has had a good. Game. He's hurt. Yeah, but he wasn't. But he. But he's been playing well. You can put Kyle Walker back there if you really wanted to, because the guy can run. Yeah, but I don't think it's. I don't. Well, he has not played. Well. But that. That's the thing, though. I, I mean, if you're, I'm just saying, like the way the formation is going to come out, the way the the tactics are going to come out, it won't be a high line from. Yeah. From from City, and that's gonna. I wonder how Neymar is going to play off of that because he loves the high line because he can actually run off of it. Mm-hmm. Fair. I think it, I think it'll be interesting just because I don't know how how good of a backline City has just as I was just saying there, um, and whether or not they're going to be able to play players like uh, Laporte or um, Stones, who both of them have been hurt consistently this year, how those guys are going to be affected playing the Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria front three that PSG has been kind of rolling out this year. That's a tough, that is a tough task for guys who have not been healthy all season. Yes, Diaz has been phenomenal, and I think he'll he'll be the rock there. But how are these other guys going to react to playing these super fast players uh, in a in a two-leg backup Champions League, right? Uh, that'll be interesting. I actually think, yeah. as I said, I think Chelsea got the best draw. I, I'm not convinced with Real, the way they've been playing all year. They've been, you talked about a roller coaster before Kyle these guys have been the epitome of roller coaster like they are up and down they play really crappy one game and then look like world beaters the next game 
if Chelsea, as Irfan said, if Chelsea can go into Madrid and get a result, not necessarily a great result, if they pick up a goal and lose 2-1, that's a result for them, right? Yeah. Because you go home with that away goal, all you need to do is win 1-0. Yeah. And Real does not travel well. They've been struggling to pick up goals on the road. That's what you're looking for at this point in Chelsea. Even if you get a 0-0 draw, I would consider that a win as well. Well, the biggest thing is is recently Chelsea's been very much one of those pest teams. Yeah. Where it's it's one of those, hey, you can beat us, but it's going to be one nothing, Or you can beat us, but it'll be 2-1, and, you know, we'll make you work for that second goal in general. So, you know, I, 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 obviously I was a little bit overreacting, but we'll see how it goes because, you know, uh, Tuchel coming in has changed this team around 100%. Yeah, so. 100%. Hundred um, percent. Any quick thoughts to end this offer, Fun? You're, you're the soccer guy. We'll let you. Uh, we'll let you end it off. No, I think we've said it. I think Chelsea have a legitimate chance of making it to the finals this year, and that's not something I would have been able to tell you three months ago. It's not something I would have been able to say a month ago. Let's be honest. <laughs> Just after Tuchel took over. <laughs> Couple nice wins, but nah, they're not making it anywhere deep. No, there he's gotten guys to put in shifts, and that's something you need to see from a, a good manager. If you can get shifts from your guys, and he's gotten that, hundred uh, percent. We're gonna take another quick break, and then we'll uh, end the show off uh, right here on Garage Door Sports. All right, boys, let's end this one off. We had some final thoughts for the week. No tire fires, but uh, let's go. Kyle, let's uh, let's start with you and your, your final thought. I, I have a feeling I kind of know where you're going with it. You have an idea where I'm going with it? I have an idea. I could be very wrong, but I have an idea. Um, no, to be honest, uh, not a whole lot of, uh, of final thoughts, I guess, is really what it is, but... Um, Next week, I believe, if I'm correct, NFL draft. Uh, the 29th, so a week and a half. So a week and a half. So um, we'll be talking NFL draft next weekend for sure. 100%. So that to me, that's that's the next thing I'm really looking forward to. So we'll see how that goes. Um, other than that, really, where I'm going with final thought is, I really hope these teams stop going out with COVID, whether it's MLB with team with players being injured or NHL with teams being suspended or whatever. I just want games to go on as is. So um, I really kind of hope these, these flare ups, I guess is what you could call them um, really stop happening. Obviously I understand everything that's going on, but as a sports fan, I hate seeing games canceled or pushed back or whatever it may be. And as a betting person, you really hate it. <laughs> Oh, the void bets are just killing me right now. That's a whole different story. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those. I kind of wish there was there's something different going on that we didn't have to worry about right now. But it is what it is. So hopefully everybody stays healthy and happy. So we'll go from there. And I I only joke just because it's 
it's been a long time and we've we've always talked about it as a, a bad thing it's at some point you kind of just have to make light of certain situations so yeah making the joke about the betting i apologize if it was if people did not like that i, I do apologize but it's we have to we have to try to keep each other happy try to keep each other positive and ripping on kyle for betting is one way that i can do that mm-hmm. uh Irfan, final thought for the week uh, not sports related, but I know for all of us living in, in, in Ontario, there's new restrictions that have come up and I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little, a little worried because, uh, you know, now cops are going to be able to stop people, um, that are traveling or, or, you know, moving around a little bit too much. And, uh, I know this is again, not sports related, but I think racial profiling is going to be a little bit higher nowadays. Um, I mean, they're going to, I think we're going to see some targeting and I, and I hate to say it and I, and I, and I really don't want to be. I don't want to see it, but I, I think it's going to happen. And they, they've just given uh, some sort of open arms or open open space for cops to do that. And like, this is not a shot at cops. I think they do uh, a great service to the community to protect and, and serve us. But at the same time, like, please don't go out carting us or, or stopping us if we're someone of color. Like, like I don't want to be targeted. Like, I, I like as you guys know, I'm in Ottawa right now and I want to come home in a couple of weeks for doctor's appointments. And if I get stopped because of you know, not doing anything, just driving home. Um, I, I think it's going to be a scary, scary time. So um, let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. And so in, in, sorry to interrupt in saying that uh, regulation 58-16 prohibits police, um, the collection of identifying information from the police. So if you do get stopped, you can always use that as well. If there is uh, an issue that you find, um, Toronto police actually tweeted it out before Ford made his statements. So, they kind of screw themselves in that aspect, but um, or they knew what was happening, and the police are trying to be the good guys on in this whole thing. Potentially, so you know, just remember that that that's the, that actually is a thing that you know. Yes, there is a thing that they, they can ask for an identification, but you don't actually have to give it to them based on what, what they're doing. You know, well, see, that's the problem. Can, but if but if you see that it's an issue, you can yeah. you can play that card. So, well, you can, and then they'll ask you to step out of the vehicle and then all that stuff happens. And I'm not like, I'm not sure that Ontario police are going to take it to that next level. I'm just saying that, that there is safety concerns with, with what came out. No, no doubt doubt. to build on that too. It it is kind of not cool to see the fact that all outdoor places have pretty much been closed down as well. Um, Golf courses have been shut down. Uh, outdoor basketball courts have been shut down. Soccer fields have been shut down. Playgrounds, campgrounds, uh, other outdoor amenities will immediately be shuttered as well. Um, so it's it's dire times here in Ontario, folks. If you're listening around the world, we are uh, we are truly, truly locked down, and it's it's going to be a a long next few weeks for us here, boys. And uh, we're going to have to try to keep each other. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say, but just keep each other's heads above water at this point because I feel like we're treading water in the middle of the ocean and there's really no boat anytime soon coming to pick us up. Am I wrong, though? Like, that that's just kind of how it feels. I feel like we're just stuck and we're no, just treading water. And honestly, that's why all the sports that can happen need to happen because Ford took my golf away and I am on the edge right now. I need alcohol and i need sports so those alcohol is not the answer but i get what you mean (laughs) it's not but i still need sports so um definitely really hoping that 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 eventually comes back but it's gonna be a long time until then so yeah um 
my final thought is I've been amazed to see how many players have been getting injured in the MLB. We're only like three weeks in or whatever. Why are there so many injuries? I've had to use all four of my IL spots on my fantasy league in the first three <laughs> weeks. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. Oh my God. Wait, you have four? I have two. Like I, my entire roster is out right now. Yeah, we added, we added a couple extra to start the season. And oh my God, it's awful. Why is there so many injuries? Like, I get that we're in a very weird place right now in the world, but there is really no need for this many injuries to be happening this early in the season. And yet, here we are. What is going on? Why, Irfan? Why? 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 Oh, is that an actual question? That was an actual question. Oh, it was an actual question. It felt rhetorical. Um, I aimed it at you. You can't really have a rhetorical question aimed at somebody. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, you still God, Irfan, Jesus. I just, I, I think it's just the way that everyone sort of prepped for this offseason. We knew about the restrictions going for for training and gyms and stuff like that. So I think we're we're starting to see the effects of uh, overexertion and uh, and just not. I think people are worried. I think players are worried, and it's it's playing into that game. And there's not 100 percent when they're even starting. Even if they're physically healthy, they're probably not mentally healthy, and it's it's just affecting affecting all of it. So we hope that it changes, like Kyle said, um, with COVID. Um, it, it's a time that we're all in, and it, it, it's something that we just have to to address and and take your injections when you get the opportunity to get that vaccination. And let's let's hope for sports and forget about what the government's doing. Kyle's crossing his fingers, hoping for the best. Uh, yeah, I, I just I hope these players are coming back healthy after all of this, uh, just because we've seen some great baseball. Two no hitters. We've seen some incredible play, player player uh, stats. Uh, Akil Badu, that kid's on fire. Mm-hmm. Love to see stuff like that. Vladdy Guerrero's batting like four hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've seen some really good defense this year with uh, the guy over in uh, Cincinnati, India, playing second and short whenever he can. Like yeah. just. Great, it's been like some great, great baseball. Otani just being the, the absolute beast of a person we thought he was going to be when he came over. You love to see it, so we just kind of hope that when these guys come back, uh, they can continue the play that we've seen so far this year. Right, Kyle? Absolutely, absolutely. That'll do it for us here at Garage Door Sports. If you want to follow us individually, you can follow us at Nick McVicker, at Irfan Manji, and at Kyle Vardy. If you're looking for the show, it's at Garage Door Sport on Twitter, at Garage Door Sports on Instagram. If you're looking for our network, make sure you follow the at Garage Door Sport on Twitter account, as well as check out our website, garagedoorsports.com. We got lots of articles, lots of shows for you to enjoy. Uh, this week on Touchline Thoughts, we had uh, two great episodes. I got to join Irfan with a couple of my former teammates, which was Awesome. So nice to catch time. up with those guys. Hilarious stories that we had going back and forth. I think we made her fun laugh like 50 times in two shows. Probably too many, too many stories. We had to break it up and uh, it was just awesome. Um, highly recommend that you listen to that. Uh, make sure you check out Kyle on the betting house as well. The, the boys over there are always a good listen, even if they uh, don't get along sometimes, i.e. <laughs> most of the time. Right, Kyle. <laughs> it's one big happy family. We're good. Um, and just make sure you check out all our shows. They're all great. Uh, and other than that, thank you for listening. We will see you next week for a little NFL draft talk and much more. Until then, have a good week. Stay safe. 
and we will see you then.